Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by Cheez-It and Pringles. Hey, Hoops fans, do you want to play in a basketball game with some of today's biggest stars with Charles Barkley or Shaq as your coach? Of course you do. And Pringles and Cheez-It are bringing you that chance with the Celebrity Crunch Classic, all for the win sweepstakes. All you have to do is go vote for Team Cheez-It or Team Pringles at CelebrityCrunchClassic.com slash OSP. Visit the site for more details. Pringles versus Cheez-It. Pick a side, stock up, and go for the win. No purchase necessary. We are also brought to you by the Club Trillion Foundation, Tate, mm. a foundation that I started that is very real. Uh, it is a real thing that is happening. We are giving away scholarship to a walk-on basketball player next season. Um, we're actually, I'm really excited about this. We're formulating the plan for, so the plan is in Atlanta next year at the Final Four, we are going to present the scholarship in the size of, I, I can't tell what, what's funnier, like a massive oversized check or if we wrote it on like a normal size check and we did like a photo op, we're like, they had to take a picture with the <laughs> yeah. check and you had to zoom it's in like, to make yeah. sure, yeah, see yeah. what it was. I think it'd be funnier to do a small check and like get me and all the guys on the board members of the of our foundation. Size doesn't yeah. matter. And we're all just like have a finger on the, the check. Um, so I did start this foundation. If you've been listening to the pod, you, you know about this. We did the beer launch in Columbus. It was awesome. A lot of people showed up for that. We have fantastic news. We are doing a brand new t-shirt Friends Ow! of the program. Yes, Kyle. A One Shining Podcast, Friends of the Program t-shirt. We partner with our good friends at Homage. Uh, they are creating Friends of the Program shirts. Proceeds are going to my foundation that I started to help this uh, uh, start this scholarship for the walk-ons. Um, you can go to homage.com and buy it right now. It's 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 fire. It's awesome. It's flame. What do the kids say these days? All of those things. All those. It's lit, yes. fam. Um, you got to pay homage. To homage. Oh, there you go. And then homage and will also then pay, pay your yeah. foundation, and then everyone's going to be happy. All uh, the here's, of the here's the trick, though. So I told homage I wanted to do a little a little something for the people who actually listen to the podcast, uh, for the, the friends of the program, buying the friends of the program shirt. There's a lot of a lot of uh, fake guys out there. We know this. We met them at the Final Four last year. A lot of people come up. They're like, big, big fan of the show. And we say, I can smell your bullshit. You're not a fan of the show. You're mm-hmm. bullshitting us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's what I told homage to do. And this is very important that everyone listening does not spoil this. We are doing a 20% off discount for this shirt uh, if if you use the promo code NOTDEBLER. Mm. It's all one word, N-O-T-D-I-E-B-L-E-R. If you are not John Diebler and you actually listen to the podcast and you're listening to me say this right now, when you go to check out, use the code NOTDEBLER, you get 20% off of the shirt. Um, and again, proceeds are going to the foundation. It's a great cause. It's a great shirt. I love the shirt. I, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, but yeah, don't spoil the surprise. Don't don't like I don't want people on Twitter saying like, hey, just use promo code. Not we want this exclusively for the people that actually listen to the pod, Tate. They're the I, only ones that get the twenty percent. I appreciate off. you setting this all up and I cannot wait to hear about John Diebler typing in not Diebler as he gets <laughs> That will be great. Um enough with that. We have some stuff to cover. My God, do we have stuff to cover? There was a lot of stuff going on in college basketball. I mean, Indiana beats Michigan State, mm-hmm. season sweep. We have we have an incident in Nevada uh, at Utah State involving Nevada. Uh, a fire hydrant is punched, or, or not a hydrant. Maybe I should start a foundation called the Walk Off Foundation. Yeah. So if you're Jordan <laughs> Caroline and you walk off the court and you're upset, then I will donate some money to you. Whatever I can scrounge up. Please Venmo Kyle. We'll, we'll figure it out from there. We can start a Vertigo Foundation for Roy. Yes, there you go. He Collapse. He goes down. He Coach gets, Williams. What's funny about that, well. Kyle? Yeah, Kyle, serious business. Kyle, funny. this wasn't Kyle, a joke. Kyle. Kyle, why out. are you laughing? I'm not laughing. I didn't make a joke. Why was funny about that? He was it's laughing a serious at Jordan Caroline. I was being serious. I wanted nothing to, about Coach yeah, Williams. Jesus, sure. uh, we could we could start a foundation for the Pac-12. Cal beats Washington. That happened. Tennessee blows out 
Kentucky. We got we got the Bill Self special that didn't happen. The streak is technically still alive. We have Houston hosting game day mm. only to lose to UCF. A little because, bit of nepotism. Aubrey Dawkins, yeah. son of Johnny Dawkins, has a huge game there. Race to 69. They win that one. As Knock a side note, uh, Jay Will did the, uh, he shouted out James Harden as he did the Houston thing, mm-hmm. which uh, f- felt a little weird to me because James Harden did not play at Houston. It's just like, well, it's sort mention, of like Jason yeah. Tatum wearing a pit shirt. He didn't play yeah. at Pitt. So, I exactly. mean, and now every, all the allegiances are always up in the I'm going to be honest. States. I don't watch game day regularly, but every time I watch Jay Williams gets his pick wrong, <laughs> every single time I've ever watched it. He's got his pick wrong. Uh, anyway, there's a ton of stuff. There are, are uh, a, a ton of games we need to talk about. A lot of action going on. Uh, we are going to get to all of it. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical They're foul. The timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, it is Monday evening here in Los Angeles. Uh, we just got done watching the Kyle Guy slash DeAndre Hunter slash tie ball game special at Syracuse where Virginia... We'll, we'll get to it in a second. We got the Kyle Guy segment we got to get to in a second. But we're, I'm just trying to set the stage for the people listening. Uh, currently, Kansas State is playing at TCU and Texas is playing at Texas Tech. So we're keeping an eye on that. Kyle, you got to... Uh, are, are, are you going to... I'll glance. I'll glance. Okay. I can't. We never know with you. I don't know if you're still making your way through the uh, Alex Jones Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, back over I got there. a story for you guys. <laughs> can't wait for that. That's uh, Kyle's guy of the week. Kyle, Alex Jones. Alex Jones. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Who's uh, that guy? What team does he play for?" Yeah. No, 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 no. That Alex Jones. <laughs> He's on all of our teams. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, Kyle, we're putting it on you. If something crazy's happening and the Kansas streak lives because Kansas State and Texas Tech lose or something, you know, you 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 know the deal. I won't let you down. Chime in. We will. We will give. A live reaction, but we are just coming off of the, uh, the the big Virginia blowout at Syracuse, just to set the stage for everybody. Uh, Tate, it is it is good guy, bad guy, Kyle guy, as we said. Um, we, we need to get Our into the segment. Three. Do you have any opening thoughts before we dive into the segment? Uh, opening thoughts, we watched a lot of college basketball together this weekend out in Los Angeles. We were uh, dedicated to West Coast basketball. In fact, went to UCLA, USC. We're going to get into all that. Oh, yeah, we down. did. Uh, that experience, what it was like to be a part of the Bruin family. We got the full West Coast experience. It took us an hour and a half to get to the UCLA game. Mm-hmm. That happened on Thursday. And then Saturday, we tried to watch college basketball at a bar all day, and we couldn't find anything open <laughs> until like 1 o'clock, which is basically like all the games are over by 4 p.m. Eastern. So uh, we, we were just bouncing around like calling bars. Are you open? Are you open? Yeah, we'll open for we'll open for sports if there's something good on. We're like, oh, sweet. Well, there's good college basketball. And they're like, what's that? <laughs> they just hung up. Uh, so yeah, it was the full West Coast experience. It was, it was it was great. So we're it completely locked into all things college basketball <laughs> here on the West Coast, as you can imagine. Uh, we watched that Tennessee-Kentucky game uh, in person together, which was great. Kyle was there. Jim was there. Uh, a great friend, Jim, who was on the podcast on Friday, yeah. uh, giving us even more jokes that he had left on the table. So yeah, you can only like, imagine what I that experience was like. Yes, He had more he had walk. He had outro music that he was very upset he didn't get to play. Uh, so all that was good news. Uh, he I w- wanted me to mention, by the way, that Tristan Jass is in NBA 2K19 or NBA Live. One of the whatever. Probably whatever, live. Probably live. <laughs> yeah, because 2K is the better There's one. There's no way. 2K He's live. in NBA Live. And then there was something else he wanted me to mention, but I forget, but who gives a shit? Let's yeah, we'll get into it eventually. <laughs> uh, one day when we let him back on the podcast, we'll see what happens. Uh, and you mentioned it. Good guy, bad guy, cow guy of the week. Uh, my good guy of the week. We're going to get right into it. Uh, it's pretty... Self-explanatory, and I'm just going to lead under uh, the— Basically, we're late in conference season, so if you haven't won a conference game yet, you're on the clock, and that's where we are. Why King Jones? 
Called him out last week. Called him good guy of the week. What does he do? He answers the bell. White King goes out, gets his first Pac-12 win, then follows it up with another win. Back-to-back Pac-12 wins. He's on a roll now. Everyone's excited in Cal. People are going crazy. Enough to follow us on Twitter. They did follow can. us on Twitter. So that was interesting. We, so we, we shit all over Cal. <laughs> we love they, Cal basketball. And then they went through straight and follow us on Twitter. And I was like, hmm, something's going on here. So in that same vein, let's uh, give some good juju out to the world. Let's okay. give it to uh, the Tulane Green Wave. Uh, okay. Mike Dunleavy Sr., okay. a coach uh, down there that I loved last year because of a, a player that now is on the Orlando Magic second-round pick, uh, a, for, a fellow Frazier uh, who ended up going in the second round, 35th overall there. Uh, Mike Dunleavy Sr. this year not going so well. Uh, mm. Defeated completely in the conference, mm. uh, continuing to try to find a run. Defeated try- on and off the court. Yeah, <laughs> defeated in every which way. Uh, the Dunleavy is just not flowing how you'd want to with the big wave. Uh, everyone is pointing fingers now. Uh, he says it's a re- rebuilding which time. fingers are we pointing uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one the one uh you know the thumb uh at this point you know it's just uh keeping an eye on that obviously uh portland also defeated so terry porter also a good guy that's going to be mentioned mm. in this category okay uh, chicago state is a team that oh karma desperately, desperately, desperately wanted you once upon a time uh also defeated in conference uh vanderbilt bryce drew is another guy that's defeated in conference which gets to you're Kevin Stallings. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. How okay. does this? How does how does Vanderbilt being 0 16 tie into Stallings? There's a way. There's a way we connect this. That Stallings didn't didn't win a game at Pitt in his final year. Was shown the door. And then as sh- soon as he's shown the door, Vanderbilt also has not won an SEC. Maybe game. Maybe the last game when they here. lose their final SEC game when Bryce Drew walks back to the locker room. He you takes know, his mask off. No, it's just <laughs> it's just dark in there. Oh. And then just the music plays and it's the Undertaker music. And then Stallings walks out and goes, "I'll f-ing kill you." <laughs> <laughs> there's a, I think gonna say there's gonna be a Scooby Doo situation where Uh-oh. Bryce Drew takes his mask out. He's like, it was me oh, the whole time. <laughs> I am awesome. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Mike Dunleavy, tough, good guy of the week. Tough. I mean, there's nothing really else you can say about it. I mean, I thought Tulane was. I mean, we even mentioned them as possibly. I think they were honorary, uh, an honorable mention, sleeping giant, a chance for something yeah. just because of the private school, just because of New Orleans, just because. Well, it's a like a history. We, we we brought it up not too long ago that Tulane is a great opportunity to cheat. In, in ways that are, I mean, you can still drop bags. That's that's always going to be a tried and true method. That's gonna that's gonna stand the test of time forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we need some inventive ways to cheat. And and having a school like Tulane in New Orleans, uh, that's just it's inviting itself to finding other ways to cheat. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Um, that aren't just straight up pain guys. So there's a there's a world in which the right guy takes over at Tulane, and that man's name is Rick Pitino, and <laughs> and he channels all of the New Orleans energy. And they figured out. Is Tulane private, by the way? Yes, of course. Yeah, of course it's private. There yeah. you go. Well, now the, a private the, school and then in the Orleans, wave is Patino's hair. Let's yeah. look at Cone <laughs> going back. Wave is back. You're Let's fine. If you're a private school in a city like New Orleans, you're fine. You'll figure it out. That's what you're, I mean. You're this very, is a, very this close. is a rebuilding yeah. year. This is one that uh, he hasn't watched any of the games, Mike Dunleavy Sr., so this doesn't count. He's going to come back next year <laughs> and get it going. So, uh, good guy of the week, Mike Dunleavy Sr., but I do believe that there are good things to come with uh, with all things Tulane. My good guy of the week, uh, and buckle up, folks, because this is we're, we have a we have an extended discussion we need to have here. My good guy of the week, I'm just going to say it, get it out of the way, is Eric Musselman, mm-hmm. head coach of the Nevada Wolfpack. Uh, I, I've been off the must bus for a couple months now. Nevada came into this season. They were supposed to be undefeated. That was a little bit of the talk. We, we saw them beat Arizona State in Staples Center uh, in December, and we thought if they can get by, past Arizona State, who at the time was okay. Um, always at the time in December. Always at the Arizona time. State always at the time. Looking good. 
My God. We're like, Lugan's door, does he get top 10 pick? Dude, they need to hang a banner that says we were good at the time. <laughs> Last undefeated States. team in the nation. <laughs> we were good at the Ended time. Ended up nine seed. Um, so we, we see that game, and, and you know, it, pe- people were, you're still like pumping the brakes a little bit, but the talk started. Is, is Nevada going to go undefeated? You're looking at the Mountain West. There's not really an obvious challenger to Nevada. Mm-hmm. They they had a great team last year, bring back basically everybody. They're one of the most experienced teams in college basketball history. It's like every goddamn guy on that team is a fifth-year senior. Uh, so you're, 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 you're starting to just kind of formulate these thoughts. Uh, Nevada is not undefeated, Tate. In fact, they just lost to Utah State, uh, which puts them in second place in the Mountain West. They're not even leading their conference right now. They're half game back. Um they are currently ranked 17th in the AP poll that came out today. They lost by 27 at New Mexico, which is not a recent development, but I just want to remind everybody that this New Nevada Mexico scored team, 85 yeah, points on them, yes. That Nevada lost by 27 mm-hmm. at New Mexico. Uh, and Joe Lenardi currently has them as a five seed. So, and, and falling, and falling <laughs> fast, because they're probably going to lose again. Are they the seven seed that yeah, we always thought exactly. they were? Yes. Well, they're going to play Ohio State in a 7-10 game in the first round. I just I, I just know that that's what's going to end up happening here. Uh, but enough about that. So N- Nevada loses at Utah State. There's the controversial charge call where, was it Caleb Martin? Cody Martin? Cody. Cody goes up for the, the yeah, yeah, throws it down, and then they call Band the charge. charges, yeah. horrible charge Crowd call. Crowd goes wild. <laughs> As um, college basketball people are going crazy over a charge call instead of the yeah, dunk itself, which is uh, exactly. a beautiful part of the game. God, God bless college basketball for that. Um, th- that happens, but then the real story happens after the game. Utah State rushes the court. It's their first ranked win, I want to say, since 07. 07, yeah. Yeah, first time Utah State's beat a ranked And they're in first 07. place now in Mountain West. Plenty of reason. There's totally yeah. justifiable. It's not like they're, they're a bad yeah. team that got this nice win. They're 14 and three now. They're first in the conference. This yeah. is the team that people were talking about being undefeated. All the right reasons to storm the court. And then we get video on Twitter mm-hmm. of Jordan Caroline punching a, a fire extinguisher. I think. I think that's what it was. It was like a fire extinguisher in, in case, a case of emergency. And it, yeah. Yes. Break glass. He's punching it. He's cussing. He's yelling. He wants to fight everybody. He's getting held back by coaches. Other coaches aren't really holding him back. They're trying to fight everybody as well. <laughs> a cop gets like... How many assistants yeah. does Eric Musselman oh have? My God. Because they had a, basically a whole firm, a whole gang of it's guys. Eric's, that were, yeah. Hey, hey, you ready for this? Get, yes. get, get, the, get your rim shot ready, Kyle. Mm-hmm. It's Eric's Musselman. Oh. <laughs> yes. Brought to you by Muscle Milk. There you go. Uh, so we get this whole scene. You got the cop coming in who's like kind of like being snarky a little bit. And then the assistant coaches are talking shit to the cop. And it's like, what the hell is going on? And Twitter loses its mind, Tate, mm-hmm. because uh, there was no context. There was no context. Um, all, all, of the, all of the pearls start getting clutched. We, we hear this debate about is court storming safe? Mm-hmm. Should we ban court storming? People start invoking the, the famous Iowa, Iowa State game when mm-hmm. a man... A reporter's leg was broken as he was trampled. Or wait, no, he wasn't trampled. He tripped over his own feet and <laughs> broke his own leg. Uh, sorry, forget forget about that part. Um, but but forget about that one. Court storming is dangerous. This is proof. It's only a matter of time until Jordan Caroline, instead of punching a fire extinguisher, punches one of the fans. It's going to get super nasty. And then we find out that the incident had nothing to do with court storming. It had to do with basically Utah State's coaches talking <laughs> shit in the handshake line. Yeah, an assistant and coach. And Nevada was like sore losers about it. Yeah. <laughs> assistant coach said something that was uh, not so kind to Jordan Caroline as he was leaving the game. Jordan Caroline was not upset, wanted to beat that assistant's ass. Yes. Uh, so much so that he went and walked down to the fire extinguisher it didn't break the glass, like didn't break it all the way through. I was I was confused by that. Like I don't think he meant to hit it as hard as he could. Yeah. Uh, 
because his hand wasn't bleeding, right? We saw that. His, hand, the, his was, hand's like bruised, but not broken. Bruised, but not broken. So Which, he, is, uh, which is Nevada basketball. It's, it's, a good, <laughs> it's, good, it's, good, yeah. it's pretty much what Nevada yeah, basketball is at right now. like a peach right now. Uh, I mean, he took a good swing at it. There was glass on the ground. Uh, I don't I don't know what the intent was. I, I, I mean, obviously, it was out of frustration. I don't even know if he knew that that was what was behind him. It seemed like he was just trying to throw like a forceful, yeah. you know, like against the wall, but it happened to be glass there. So I did feel bad about that. Uh, he drops a lot of F-bombs as he's yelling back at the mm. people. Uh, the thing that I would say, the other teammates, there was a lot of them that just sort of walked by. And then the Porter, uh, Kevin Porter, right? There's Trey a, Porter. Trey Porter. There's yeah, so yeah. many. There's a lot Porter. of Porters. Good Michael God. Porter. Yeah, Michael Porter. Terry Porter. Terry Porter. <laughs> too many Porters. Uh, but he he just kind of like keeps like ducking his head around the corner. Like as, as yeah. I would do as a player. You know, once Jordan <laughs> Caroline was taken care of, I was like, all right, well, he's not going to run back. He's looking at the other coaches like, are, are we going to just... whip their ass? Yeah. Like, should I, should I hang back just in case? Coaches are yelling, pointing at the the police officer who's like, where are the Reno cops? Where's Reno 911 right. at this point? They That's a great point. They should have been all around them. They should have been It was a road game, though. It wasn't at Reno. But, but they still. Should, they should have done they a should travel with the team. police escort all the way down there, <laughs> uh, have the cast in full form. I think that would have solved this whole thing. It would have been a little bit of levity to the situation yeah uh but yeah it was i i honestly thought that there had to be some sort of epithet that was that was thrown out of jordan cohen to see him react like that but then we found like out marcus smart yes, uh, f- yes famously was called a racial well no he wasn't he was called a piece of crap and then yeah but well yeah piece people, of- people forget yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so jordan carolyn i mean you know like muscleman comes out and says he's a great kid high character never thought he'd see anything like this uh as we are all prone to do yeah. in situations it sucks to lose, so therefore you freak out and yeah. act out and punch, uh, you know. So my something. question is: Everyone's losing their mind. They're saying we should ban court storming. It's only a matter of time. Never mind that, like, it's like one of the great college basketball traditions. Never mind that that it's you know it's, it's unsafe. Everything's unsafe. You could just come on. You're, you're treating everything with kid gloves. I'm very much pro court storming. I've said that I think people should storm the court after every game, win or lose. Mm. I think every every game should end with a party on the floor. I'm pretty sure Grand Canyon does that. Yeah, and they, exactly. just start, <laughs> they just start playing Avicii, and then everyone just goes crazy for the rest of the night. <laughs> um, but now my question. So we, we realize that this whole incident did not come from a court storm. So my question to you, Tate, should we ban handshake lines? Mm. Because that's what started the problem. Or touching. That's something to consider. Should we ban no, touching? Yeah, because that was the problem. They were like, they touched our players. Yeah. We saw them. They touched our players. Uh-huh. So don't touch. You know, <laughs> no touching. No touching. Go back to kindergarten. No and, touching. And they're going to have people like have the finger right next to them. It's like, I'm not touching you. Not touching. Why, why are you upset? <laughs> I'm not touching you. It's fine. Let's uh, get to that man. point. Let's let's lower it down. Instead um, of making it professional, let's make it amateur. So Eric so. Musselman, is, he's not my good guy of the week because of that. Because you, if, if you're following along, you're like, wait a second. Why is fighting all that? Like, how does that make him a good guy? <laughs> I'm going to explain it. Eric Musselman today puts out a tweet that says, as someone who's had the honor to know and coach Jordan Caroline for, Caroline, I'm sorry, for four years, I can testify to his outstanding character, high moral standards, and strong integrity. He's kind, compassionate, and competitive. Basketball aside, we're fortunate to have such an upstanding young man as part of the Wolfpack family. So as a video of one of his players just losing his fucking mind and punching everything in sight uh, is circulating around the internet, Coach steps up after a, after a tough loss. As a season, as the wheels are kind of falling off the must bus, he does the honorable thing and says, "That is a good man." Maybe, maybe I should make Jordan Caroline good guy. Yeah, I think he is a good guy of the week based on that report right there. I mean, yep. and, you know, it was nice and muscle to put that out there. And honestly, as soon as you said Jordan Caroline, all I could think about was, have you seen the Alabama player before they played Oklahoma? He's like Kyler Murray. Oh yeah, Kyler yeah, Murray. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. I can think about Jordan Caroline. Jordan Caroline. Yeah, Kyler Murray. 
Um, I can't get that out of my head. So the the other development here is Daniel Musselman, Daniel Sargent Musselman, oh, yes. mm-hmm. uh, Eric Musselman's wife. Uh, she tweeted something. She tweeted a a the what Utah State calls their bull sheet. Naturally, mm-hmm. uh, they they are the Aggies. Their mascot's like the bull, and then they call <laughs> it the bull sheet. It's their dirt sheet, which is uh j- just a just a PSA to like every every student section in the country. Keep always storm the court. I'm pro student section. I'm pro storming the court. I'm pro losing your mind. I'm pro the Grand Canyon scene. Almost every thing. I'm pro student section, with the one exception these shitty, horrible, hacky jokes of the the sheets that they make, where they're like, Grayson Allen kisses his sister, make fun of him at the free throw line for kissing his sister, and it's like, cool man, great joke. Um, Was that the Duke sheet on themselves? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, Utah State makes one of these, and they they basically made fun of Caroline for for having a kid and breaking up with his baby mama, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so uh, so Daniel gross. Sargent tweets this and says, to say that I'm heartbroken is an understatement. When did this become part of college athletics when I don't feel that it's safe enough to bring my nine-year-old to an away game? Something is deeply disturbing. Oh, wow. Wrong. So yeah. we got Maria Musselman now in the picture. Like she's Mariah. Now, oh, Mariah. Mariah, yeah. <laughs> That's Carolyn Caroline. Caroline. Kyler Murray. We're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, the, the Musselmans are, are, are turning to Twitter. They're doing some some activism on Twitter saying, let's clean this game up. And, and I appreciate that. So that's why really the whole Musselman family and my good guy of the week. I'm on your side. I'm on the Musselman side. I uh, I like where they stand with but, all this. I also like that this wasn't a larger. I'm glad it's not bigger than than it could. Than Mountain been. West basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad this is staying in the West Coast. Uh, I'm glad this is. <laughs> I'm glad this isn't national news. This is not. For God's sakes, this is not Zion busting his shoe. Let's get back to the real issues. <laughs> um. Speaking of quickly, Zion in phase four of his recovery plan. So that's good yeah, news. News that's broken. <laughs> we had no idea that there were this many phases. What, is, what uh, are the phases? Phase, phase one is be hurt. Phase two is like be a little better. Phase three is like feel good. And phase four is like be good. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Let's take the moon phases and then do a Zion phase chart. And then we'll just sort of work through it and see where we're at. Sagittarius season for Zion. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Shout out to the Muscleman family. My, my my party thought is Daniel <laughs> Musselman. Um, someone needs to tell her that these sheets go on at at every. They exist at every school, but also at the same time, she's not wrong. They're horrible. They're not. And I'm not even saying that like I'm offended by what was said. I'm saying it's not funny. It's not like none of it's ever funny. You're not funny. Just that's my that's my word of advice to student sections. You're not funny. That's it. You're not funny, Mark <laughs> Titus. Uh, you know what is funny? I was watching the Maryland Michigan game before we get to our bad guys, mm-hmm. and there was a guy in the crowd in the student section, which I really appreciated. This person, and of course, Michigan wins the race sixty nine. Mark Turgeon was an honorary good guy for me this week. I didn't want to really go back into him because we talked about him because we picked every Big Ten we, coach. Yeah, we just keep, <laughs> we just keep going through the Big yeah. Ten. Like I don't know if this guy can do it. Uh, but there was just a guy with a sign that just said, "Good call." And so every time, every time the, the ref would make any call in Maryland's favor, you would just that's see this one guy standing up, good call, never saying a word, and he would just sit back down. That's great, quietly. And I was like, that guy gets it. That's great. You are funny. I like that. <laughs> you are. Fu- He's probably not a student then. <laughs> no. <probably> just, yeah. <laughs> there's a guy. Uh, I, uh, there was a guy. I went to an Arizona game. Um, there was a, uh, it was a whiteout at the Arizona game and there's this black dude wearing all black sitting by himself at an Arizona. This was like, must've been four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a sign that said Jamal with an arrow pointing down to him and he just held, he would hold up the sign at this Arizona <laughs> game and it just said Jamal. <laughs> and it was, a, I wrote, I think I mentioned this guy in my, uh, I, I wrote about it in my power rankings on Grantland at the time and I gave a shout out to Jamal and it was the funniest thing. And then he emailed me. I'll have to dig that up. 
That's a yeah. Maybe I'll read the email next podcast. Yeah, let's but get yeah, that out to yeah, the world. Yeah, that's what that reminded me of. Jamal, Jamal, Jamal just standing like he goes to the game by himself and just stands amongst all the, the old blue hairs at, in Tucson. Well, his mom kept asking him. She was like, "I don't see you on TV." He was like, "I'm gonna yeah, make sure I'm you gonna, see me on yeah. TV." <laughs> <laughs> that's for damn sure. We're gonna make that work. All right, let's move on to our our bag guys of the week. Would you like to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay, and go ahead. This, this is a joint experience. Uh, bad guy of the week. Uh, if you don't know the name of the UCLA Bruins Arena, it is Pauley Pavilion. And inside, Edwin W. Polly, I believe. <laughs> Edwin W. Polly, Eddie. Uh, we are. Uh, we went into this game Thursday night. We we kind of just spur of the moment reached out to UCLA. They've been very nice, you know, mm-hmm. to us in the past. We we obviously have re- recounted the stories and the tales of UCLA lady, uh, and we've told about how we feel about UCLA and what it could be. And we've also always included them in the blue blood conversation. That's all out front. So we reach out. We're going to go to the rivalry game of the century out here in Los Angeles, USC. Traveling to UCLA, got private school kids, got public mm-hmm. school kids. We got mascots throwing up funny signs saying OJ school's not going to win today. No, it said it, literally the the Bruin, the UCLA official Bruin, yes. sanctioned mascot yes. at UCLA was walking around with a sign that said you can't spell Trojan without OJ. I swear to God, this happened, Kyle. Beautiful. I was like, too soon? Or no? My God. No, no, jokes? no, no. It's 15 years. We're all making so jokes now, right? Yeah, 94. Yeah, we're past it. We're past it. He's out of prison. Uh, so they're making those jokes, and we're here, and we walk into, and, and we're we've been set up by the beautiful, lovely people at UCLA. They've been so nice. Shout out to Scott who helped set this whole thing up for us. We get there. He's he's promised courtside seats. He's promised valet parking. I don't believe any of this. I've yeah. been promised lots of things in life. They usually don't work out that way. So we go up. All of these things are true. We walk in the nice little VIP area. We don't even know that we're supposed to be here, but we just kind of just keep flowing, keep rowing, go downstairs. Uh, we're supposed to have wristbands on. We don't, uh, mm-hmm. but we get let in anyway to the Poly Pavilion Club. Mm-hmm. Turns out you got to donate $25,000 plus dollars to yep. be down here. So therefore, there is Mark Titus and myself and maybe two other we people. We donated $25 <laughs> to buy Every, two Everyone beers. is looking at us yeah. like, is that Evan Spiegel from Snapchat? Yeah. Uh, that, there's the only way that we my, can be down my there. My alibi, if someone called me out, was I was going to think of a noun and mm. then say I, it, it's a new app. Yes. And that was my thing. Is just like, I was going to look jump. at something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard jump, of Thor? Jump, jump is not a noun, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it could be the jump. I'm editing this out. The, it I'm editing be, this no, out. you gotta leave that in. It could be leave the it in, Kyle. It's charming. People like it. It could be the jump. Kyle. People like it. I got you. Uh, but anyways, we're at the Pavilion Club. We figure out that we're sitting. Uh, we get to sit front row. They're coming up to us. They're they're asking how everything's going. We're we're sitting right behind Josh Rosen, who is the biggest uh, you know fan of UCLA basketball I've ever seen in my entire Hilarious. life. Going crazy, having the best time. Has no idea that Kyler Murray is about to get drafted number one to <laughs> his team. I guess hadn't figured that out yet. No one's told him. We didn't want to be those guys, but we're sitting there having a great time. Uh, they've taken full care of us, and we're looking around and we're saying, "This is why yeah. would you not want to be here? Why would you not? I was ready have, to commit. Yeah, yeah. Why I was would ready. you not want to be a part of UCLA basketball? Jalen Hands is a game winner." We're going crazy. Crowd's going crazy. Pauly Pavilion basically turns into a club. The Pavilion Club turns into an actual club after the game. Got DJs. Got beers flowing. All good things at UCLA. And all we're saying right now is come take the job if you really want to believe in mm-hmm. being a blue blood. And that is why they're the bad guys because they recruited us. Like they I, did. I can't say they bad know. words about them now because I know that they may be listening. They know. And we love UCLA. We do love bad UCLA. Guys, that's how you become a bad they guy. put us on the goddamn jumbotron. Yeah. With our name, with our name, graphic. graphic. Josh Rosen (laughs) didn't make the jumbotron. Didn't even put Josh Rosen on there. And then we asked the guy, we're like, are you going to put Josh? He's like, nah, Josh comes to all the games. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> what? 
like, he was like, the funny thing, thing, he was like Josh yeah, Rosen was talking shit to every single USC guy. Yeah, like, Benny Boatwright. He, he was Spike Lee. Yes. He was all of And him and Benny Boatwright were really getting into it. And Benny Boatwright's floating around shooting threes because that's, that's what Benny Boatwright's <laughs> game is at this point in, in his life. He just floats around and shoots threes. Um, and every time Benny Boatwright would hit a three, he'd start talking smack to, to Rosen back. And it got so bad or good or funny or whatever you want to call it that like <laughs> When when Boatwright in the second half would hit threes, he'd go back and be playing defense. He's guarding somebody, mm-hmm. and he's he's still making eye contact with Rosen down on the other end of the floor, ninety four feet away. Thank you, Jay Billis, for for reminding Letting us, us how, how yes, yeah how far it is. It is. Feet. Uh, he's looking ninety four feet down at, at Josh Rosen, and he's like making eye contact, still talking shit at Rosen as he's playing defense. It and, was incredible. And I wish that I could tell you what happened actually in the game, but I was too busy mm. watching Josh Rosen talk matter. shit to it, Benny Boatwright, Kevin Porter, whoever it may care. be. Yeah, and Jalen Hands hit a game winner. We saw that. He did. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then so afterwards we go into the we go into the little poly club, the pavilion, whatever it's called, the, the pavilion club, the, the yeah the big time donors club. Rosen's in there. We're we're all having fun, whatever. And I go up to Rosen, I was like, hey man, were those guys talking shit to you during the game? And he's like, yeah, but I was talking shit back, so it's all cool. And then in that moment, I was like, I'm a big Josh Rosen fan. And then you told me he's about to get traded. And I was like, uh, uh yeah. right. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> and for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> and then they went to the Jumbo Tron and they showed Kyler Murray up there. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> um, your Arizona Cardinals quarterback the point is this uh, Air, uh, UCLA here's how you get back number one we need the Chick-fil-A partnership is great yes. they have they have Chick-fil-A in they the arena they have the cow there yes. but we need the fries though they have no fries yes, they, they have, have just chips, the potato chips the waffle chips and you you need and they don't have nuggets Which are ruffles either. I mean I, I, that's what I also hate on the menu they put waffle chips as if right. you're like getting some specialized like you know Chick-fil-A has thought about this and be like we're gonna make some they're chips. trying to trick you yeah they know what they're ruffles. doing and it, it's, it's messed up and I like Ruffles. Um, so, uh, uh, is, is Ruffles a sponsor? Cut, <laughs> d- delete that part, Cal. Delete that part. Cheese no, I Pringles. like Ruffles. That, what do you mean? T- cheese it and Pringles. You can leave it in. Who cares? No, um, I think I got to take it out. Yeah, you probably do have to cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, it's the, Ruffles. <laughs> <laughs> can I leave it in now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we gotta get we gotta get we, <laughs> we gotta get real fries okay we gotta get the real waffle fries which is the number one food item according to the ringer.com.com yes. com, com, yes. number one fast food item in, of all time I in the world I had forgotten that uh, <laughs> we also gotta get the nuggets I think this is key we gotta get a real fully functional Chick-fil-A in Pauly Pavilion otherwise you have all the pieces and we have to fix the start times because uh, uh, what, what time do they tip six off? O'clock. Six o'clock? Impossible. Impossible to get there. Mm-hmm. It, it truly is. Like, you have to I, leave at three o'clock to get somewhere at six o'clock. I, I take back all the bad things I said about UCLA fans not wanting to go to the games. Now, now at the same time, they still do not go to games and they don't <laughs> care and they're looking at their phones during a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. I understand that part. But like, as far as the late arriving crowds, my God. It's not their fault. You're tipping off at 6 p.m. That's impossible to mm-hmm. get to. So anyway, that's a, I, I think UCLA's close and we are just the guys to push them over the edge. Whoever the new coach is, we better be the first call they make, and we are going to take you to the moon. And the final pitch that we have, Midnight Madness. We've lost it at the start of the season, so Midnight Ooh. Madness is now West Coast basketball. We start games at 9 o'clock on the West Coast. Midnight Eastern. And Midnight Eastern, the college kids get to go back home. They watch games at midnight, and you get to watch get UCLA. and watch get, UCLA with Bill Walton yeah, on the call. It's, what? it's basically the primer before you wake up at 11 o'clock and watch Dude, first take. That's beautiful. Come on. It's beautiful. Come on, West Coast basketball. You we're going to figure this out. Um, I found out, by the way, that there's uh, apparently at the Final Four, this is a true story. This is, I was about to do an Alex Jones. This is a true story. You look this up. There's all the, all the documents you can search. Uh, <laughs> this is all declassified information. You can find this anywhere. You just Google it. It's called Area 55. Uh, You're like, what? 
You could look this up. Uh, no, uh, I, I found out through some media friends of ours that they are apparently the Pac-12 at the Final Four this year is doing like a. I don't know what the fancy word is. Symposium? Is that the word? That's not the right word. Uh, a get-together at the Final Four with media people where they're basically asking media people, how do we fix our brand? How do we fix the Pac-12? And we didn't get invited, which is horseshit, but uh, we, whatever. We're not, I'm not, I'm not, well, not going to hold a grudge. Kyle, you have to they're come literally to the, doing that. You're yeah. coming to the Final Four now, Kyle, and your one job is we're going to give you a boombox and you're going to do the John Cusack say anything. Yeah. And you're going to stand outside of that symposium and it's just going to be a laugh track. So every <laughs> single time that they ask a question, you just play the laugh track. All right. <laughs> Or it's just a loop of our all of all of our Pac-12 updates every week. And you're just playing the podcast, like <laughs> of, of you and I. Um, speaking about commissioners uh, uh, calling, uh, bad segue. Uh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of speaking brands, of, speaking of brands and commissioners and and conferences, uh, my bad guy of the week is a man who has been the the. The man in the Big Ten since 1989. It is mm. Jim Delaney. He officially announced today Manifest Delaney. That Manifest Delaney is yes. going to have to be a, a, a job that is finished by someone else because Jim Delaney is stepping down from commissioner. The man is the finished. Big, yes. He is stepping down as commissioner of the Big Ten after the 2019-20 season. Uh, he is he is 71 years old. He uh I don't know. I I, I Jim Delaney to me is, is the Big Ten. I, I was born in 1987. He took over in 1989. I know no other commissioner than Jim Delaney, basically. Uh, so I'm sort of drinking the Kool-Aid because, like, I've grown up with this man. I've watched, like, the Big Ten. I've The Big Ten is, like, the biggest deal in the world to me. Um, I thought, like, everyone in the world loved the Big Ten. Then I got older and realized there are other conferences that people care about. Mm-hmm. So to me, I feel like Jim Delaney is kind of, like, one of the greatest commissioners, if not the greatest commissioner, a huge a titan in college sports, very important figure, all that kind of shit. Um would you agree with me, Tate? Like, is, does, does he does he carry the weight to those of you in North Carolina? Well, he's a Carolina guy. He's a Carolina that's guy. That's what yeah. I was going to say. This is the connective tissue between the podcasts. That Jim Delaney went to the Big Ten because he was uh, John Swafford, also a Carolina guy, the ACC commissioner. He goes to the Big Ten, makes things better, gets Rutgers in there. I was going to ask you, like, what is the biggest thing that Jim Delaney, like, what is the, what is the biggest blunder or the biggest? No, no, no. The biggest success. Cause it's gotta be the big 10 network. Right. Cause that's actually profitable. Big Ten, well, yeah, the, he, he's a great, he has yes. the big 10 network, the yes. first national network for a conference. The ACC mm. is, is 12 years behind. Yes, They're exactly. getting the ACC they network. Have been. Yeah, yeah. He's been whipping their ass the whole time. In 12, in, in, in August, the ACC network's coming up. Mm. Um, he, he adds Penn state, Nebraska, which were great inclusions to the Big Ten. Yes. Kind of fucked up the name. We had a good thing going with Big Ten, and then he throws Penn State in there in 1990. Like, as soon as he gets the job, they have Penn State. Gets Nebraska. Uh, Maryland we like for basketball. Rutgers, they're coming along. We'll, we'll, we'll whatever. He, he, like, every decision he makes is... Calculated. Calculated. It, it, it upsets, like, half of the Big Ten fans. But then they but get then, over it. It's like leaders yeah. of legends, you know? They heard that, they're like, ugh. He's somehow, like, progressive it. but conservative at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that tells me he was, like, a great leader because he's, like, he does some things that are, you know, like, he, it, he's very slow to change. Like, he has he has a ton of power within the, the college football playoff, and it's he kind of loved the bull system. He would always come out and, like, talk, like defend the bull system. That was weird. He, he's, he defends, like, the NCAA model of, of not paying players. And you're like, well, that's kind of weird. But then he also is creating the network, uh, the Big Ten network, and he's, in, you know, trying to increase the footprint and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. Big J- Jim Delaney, thoughts and prayers. 
pour one out for Jim Delaney because uh, I will be quite honest with you. I would not be surprised if Jim Delaney ends up being the athletic director at North Carolina because uh, things will be shifting. And that is why he's my bad guy of the week. Bad guy of the week. I mean, I think this is a step down, a step up. And then uh, and it would be much more relaxed and easy for him. He has a lot of invested time and money and resources in North Carolina. And then if he goes back there, Bubba Cunningham, who's the current AD, leaves. Then you get Mac Brown, Roy Williams, and Jim Delaney, which is, I mean, that might be the most old South uh, allegiance of trio that you'll ever find down in, uh, in the ACC at this point. So uh, Ashley Schaefer will be happy. Bob Duato will be happy. Everyone around these parts will be very happy to have Jim Delaney back. And uh, and and it also sets up where it's like, I think the Big Ten and the ACC, obviously have the ACC Big Ten Challenge, but they are, like I said, there is connective tissue between, they're, they are East Coast basketball. They are trying to make sure that they are the ones yeah. together uh, that kind of run things. And then, you know, we have the old Big East that will always chime in. But for the most part, Delaney has set it up where, the Big Ten is set. The ACC is obviously set with their footprint. And then they have that New York. They have that New York market together, you know, collectively. Yeah. And that's all they ever wanted. Yeah. Jim Delaney, uh, I don't know. He, he he wasn't afraid to take risks. That's what that's what we'll say about him is that he, he a lot of, I don't know, the 20-game the schedule, have playing games in December, it's kind of weird. I'm still not really used to it. I don't think I like it. But I do like that the guy, like, is calculated. He thought about it. He's like, let's... Let's just try it and go for it. And that's what I mean. He's like sort of progressive with that stuff, and it's 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 cool. So we like when you take chances. The question now, though, is who 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 is who is going to become the new Big Ten commissioner? The the, the thought that immediately came to mind, Mark Titus. Well, yeah. Put your I mean, name out there. Now we're fucking. Talking. <laughs> now we're talking. Um, thought that immediately came to uh, mind. It, it feels like the natural progression of mm. Barry Alvarez's life to mm-hmm. be the Wisconsin football coach, then the Wisconsin AD, then, like, the Wisconsin football coach again. So the when AD, the Big Ten gets like the bowl the, season, Jim yeah. Delaney comes back uh, yeah. to be the commissioner. Yeah, exactly. It like, it just feels like Barry Alvarez. And then I looked up how old Barry Alvarez is. He's actually older than Jim Delaney. So uh, I think he's out, which means it's definitely going to be Urban Meyer, right? <laughs> Brian Kelly. It's definitely going to be Urban Meyer. Um, Here's a name for you. Here's a name. You this guy's consider. a champion. What about Jay Billis? Jay Billis for Big Ten Commissioner. He's got, Who says big, no? he's got too big of a heart. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a law degree. He pay these kids. Jay could get it done. Um, that would be great if that becomes, you know, the media people, they're all going to front offices and uh, that's like the new thing now. If you're a media person, you get a, you know get a job at a front office. If it becomes, you just become a lead commissioner straight. You, that's the jump that you make. Yeah. Jim Delaney, by the way, uh, he he's very anti-charges. I don't know if I told you this, if I brought this up on the podcast before, but I had a conversation with him at the 2015 Final Four. Um, it was another one of these little get-togethers with the media people. I was actually invited for some reason. I was still, like, trying to be a journalist back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so they invited me to talk about, like, rule changes. And Jim Delaney sat in on the panel, and I just was basically just kept raising my hand. I was like, can we get rid of charges? This is bullshit. This is a stupid rule. Um, and everyone just kind of shot me down. And then basically all the media people circled direct and we all left. And then as we were leaving, Jim Delaney and I talked about it. He's like, I like that idea. And I've been trying to do that. And I was like, really? Jim Delaney? Because like, you know, I just kind of assumed that all the people in power, all the old white guys in power just want to keep everything the status quo. And Jim, Jim Delaney's like, no, charges are stupid. Said, I hate they call place. me manifest yeah. for a reason. Kid. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm Let's trying to shake it. shit up. So anyway, Jim Delaney is my bad guy. He, he made the Big Ten the... Biggest, most successful conference. I'm not talking basketball, Tate. Calm down. The ACC is better. I'm saying, uh, say what you want about the Big Ten. We don't win basketball titles, but the fact that we've gotten like 36 of our teams to the national title game since 2000 is actually not insignificant. Um, It just kind of speaks to the... Every year, the Big Ten is deep. It's they're, they're saying it this year. They're like, the worst team in the Big Ten could beat the shit out of the worst team in any other conference. That's kind of our MO. Mm-hmm. And it's say, the same thing is true in football. If, like It wasn't for Ohio State... 
the football would be the exact same thing. It's like we're Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State. We're always like good enough to be up there, but never good enough to win it. Um, and and it is frustrating that you don't win titles, but at the same time, I think as as a whole, the conference, uh, uh, I don't know, it, it it's relevant. It's always relevant. You always have great games. It's fun to watch. You're trying to bottom me right now. You want to be number one at being number two. That's, yes. that's what you're saying. Yes, we are. We're the number two football conference in the country. <laughs> we're the number two basketball conference. Who's got it better than us in the a world? Of, of a, lot of, a lot of Keurigs in this room right now. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations, Delaney. So there, that's Jim Delaney. Uh, we love you. Come on the podcast. <laughs> uh, we are going to take a break. We're going to come back, talk about the big Kyle Guy game that we just got done watching. All right, quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Bud Light. Mm-mm-mm. Mark Titus, did you know not all alcohol products are required to list their ingredients? And that was news to me. Bud Light is changing the game. They believe that we deserve to know our beer's ingredients, so they put an ingredients label right on their packaging. Bud Light brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice. No corn syrup, no preservatives, and no artificial flavors. Find out what ingredients are in your beer. Bud Light, enjoy responsibly. AB, Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. But wait, there's more, Tate. Whoa. I want to talk to the people about Hotel Tonight. This winter is a great time to check out Hotel Tonight. Whether you want to take a spontaneous ski trip or escape to a warm beach, Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book a room with one of their last-minute deals. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. That's how Hotel Tonight scores such incredible rates. They team up with awesome hotels to help them sell those rooms and pass the savings along to you. And these aren't last resort type places. Hotel Tonight works with cool top-rated hotels you actually want to stay at. Unlike other travel companies, you don't have to scroll through endless lists of hotels. Hotel Tonight shows you the best deals at great hotels, along with short profiles that have pictures and all the info you need. Even though their name is Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute bookings. You can play things by ear or use Hotel Tonight to book in advance. And when you join Hotel Tonight HT Perks program, the more you book, the better the deals get to scoop. To start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. All right, Tate, we're back. It's time to talk about the game we just got done watching where Virginia beat Syracuse 79-53. Mm. That's 26 if I'm doing my math correctly. Virginia as a team goes 18 for 25 from the three-point line. Uh, I lost track of how many records they were breaking. Sean McDonough and, and and Jay Billis were just basically saying that's a new record every time a three went in. They're like, and that's it. There it is. That's the new record for the Virginia versus ACC opponents in <laughs> versus March. a team that's won more than sixteen yeah, games. Yeah, that's they're the like, new well, that one's it. That ties the school record for the yeah. So I kind of lost track. But eighteen for twenty five is absolutely insane. These guys couldn't miss. Kyle Guy was eight for ten for three, twenty five points. Uh, what else is there to say? DeAndre Hunter is playing out of his mind. I believe in Virginia. <laughs> I'm going to stand up on top of on this table and 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 oh captain my captain Tony Bennett. Um I'm I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm I'm putting my neck back out there again as we're ramping up for March Madness to start. They lost to a 16 seed. I'm putting my neck out there. I'm still fully in the Virginia bandwagon. I believe in Virginia. We've never left the bandwagon. And the two top teams in the country, Gonzaga and Virginia, those are the two teams that we have uh, continued to stand by as we make this right. Jay Billis said it was the best shooting performance all year long in all of college basketball. I tend to agree with that. As we watch the game, tie ball game, tie Jerome. Jerome is burning, continues to hit everything he's looking at. Uh, 8 for 10, 80%. That is ridiculous. 18 for 25 is insane. DeAndre Hunter hit that first. Like Basically, they get down by 6 in this game. I think it was 31 to 25. And they're turning the ball over. They're making a lot of passes that you probably mm-hmm. shouldn't make in a zone where DeAndre, you know, Hunter's trying to like thread the needle down to the post to Diakite or someone. And it looks like 
one of those times where, oh, if Virginia's turning the ball over, this is a team that I, I can see the writing on the wall of how they could lose to anybody. And you get that little mental, you know, problem no. in your head. And then all of a sudden, the next time they come down, guess what they do? They throw it to DeAndre Hunter instead of trying to thread That's that pass. That's what I've he been saying. Takes a shot. Gets fouled and won, and then they're right back. They get up 32. They go on a 7-0 run, and then from there, they kind of go unconscious as we get into the second half of this game, thank even God, though they were down 2 at half. Thank God for you and I, because the rest of the world would would forget that DeAndre Hunter was not playing against UMBC, and that he was, he is, he, you know, listen, we love, we love Kyle Guy, obviously. We love tie ball game. DeAndre Hunter is the reason Virginia is, like, not 2010 Butler, the, 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 or 2011 Butler, who was even worse. Mm-hmm. Uh where it's like they just play the pack line defense and play slow and then win by five every game. DeAndre Hunter is the reason that Virginia is not that team, and they are legitimately a great team that is one of the, what, how, how many how many teams on the list of, of of national champion contenders are we talking here? I think like at this point in stage. Five like, teams, five or six teams, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the, it's starting to feel like a one or two seed is going to win this. And mm-hmm. I know you can roll your eyes, like if you're not really a college basketball fan, you're like, how's that different from every other year? It is different. Like when we, we watch college basketball every year, we, we obsess over this shit. There are years where you're like, man, I just don't know. This year does not feel like that. This year feels very top heavy. We're Gonzaga, Virginia, and Duke. For me, it's like those three are, are in a class of their own. And then um, you have North Carolina, Kentucky, yeah. Tennessee, sort of as like those those next the next level of teams that could really make a run. And then Michigan, Michigan State, whichever one's better at the time. Like Michigan State just beat Michigan, but then Michigan wins at Maryland, and Michigan State loses at IU. So who the hell knows which one of those teams is better? But uh, they're kind of throw them in the mix just out of courtesy. But I actually don't believe in in either one of them mm-hmm. uh, as national targets. Point is, um, Virginia's on that list. Virginia is is every bit as good as as they've always been, and. Uh, for everyone, if you're just tuning in, you don't really follow college basketball. You're trying to understand the difference between this Virginia team, last year's Virginia team that lost to a 16 seed, DeAndre Hunter. That's the difference. In a second half, shit. in a second half, Tony that they give Syracuse, they kind of just stepped it up on defense uh, overall in this game. And you mentioned it. Virginia is about winning nail biters. That's how they've been able to kind of just make their money. That's how Tony Bennett wins games. But when you have someone like DeAndre Hunter and Kyle Guy, honestly, Kyle Guy can just go unconscious like he did in this yeah, game. Yeah, dude. And when that happens, they can blow people out and get up by twenty eight points. That's what I'm saying. Like Syracuse again. If if <laughs> I, I feel like we're, I'm gonna be talking about this. UMB. It's gonna be like twenty thirty nine, and I'm gonna be still bringing it up. Like if DeAndre Hunter played against UMBC. Virginia still should have beat UMBC without DeAndre Hunter. I'm not making excuses for they got they got they lost by 20. I'm saying that if DeAndre Hunter's playing that game, Jairus Lyles comes out and is unconscious. They just say DeAndre, j- shut that guy up. Just go guard him. That's, and then DeAndre Hunter's like, all right, cool. And then Jairus Lyles doesn't score the rest of the game, and Virginia probably wins. Sort of what he did to Ty's yeah. battle tonight. They're like, exactly. you have to go guard their best scorer, and uh, and he was like, I don't want to guard Buddy Beheim. They're like, all right, guard <laughs> guard their second best scorer, and he started guarding Ty's battle. So. Uh, that's that's pretty much where Virginia is at this point. I think uh, I thought it was funny that Billis brought up that he was. Uh, they, they brought up the comparison that someone had come up with. Basically, I think it was someone at Syracuse that said that DeAndre Hunter reminded them of Kawhi Leonard, mm. which I feel like I've heard that a million times. And Jay Billis is like, I never would have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> which is my favorite part of the broadcast. Yeah, yeah. Good game. Here's here's a question for you. Would mm. you rather have a hot hand in a basketball game or? Really, anything? Is there anything better than that? Is there any feel like we're, as we're watching on the road? No, you and I, you and I were watching this together. <laughs> as I said, we we're right before we record the spot, and uh, I forget which one it was. I think it was a Kyle, one of the Kyle guys' last threes that he hit. We both like jump out of our seat and are just laughing because I mean, I certainly it know was what the that's race like. Sixty nine, yeah. Because I, the part of the reason I got excited, I know what it's like to have a high end. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before in your basketball playing days. <laughs> 
Nope. <laughs> uh, my God, there's there's not a feeling on earth like that. It really isn't. Just, just I don't know. It's, yeah, like you said, especially on the road. Just, I don't even need on the road, dude. Just like playing open gym where every time you shoot the ball, you know it's going in. It's like you're, you're, you, you own the world. Yeah, you become There's, God in that moment. You are because God. Because everyone's looking at you and they're like, I don't know how to stop this. Josh and Rosen is nature, ta- <laughs> nature continues to work out. Josh you know? Rosen's talking shit and there's nothing you can do. You're like, Josh. All you say is Conor Murray. Josh Rosen was putting up the, the three fingers to the dome when UCLA was hitting shots, too. At, he was talking shit to the, the USC guys. It was hysterical. Speaking of, I saw something tonight which uh, sort of drew my attention. When Buddy Beheim hits a three, you know, most people, you know, they do the, the classic the three. The okay sign. The okay sign. Yeah, yeah. He was doing the German three. Ooh. <laughs> More efficient. <laughs> yeah, he's doing the thumb out. And I'm like, I, I don't know if he's just watching Glorious Bastards or like, I guess that's his mm. thing. So something to keep an eye on. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> that is the Kyle guy update. Uh, Virginia's rolling. We, we 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 believe in Virginia. We always do. Well, one Come last on the Virginia pod, thing. Uh, Joe Harris uh, dropped our boy Luka Doncic uh, Ooh, in the NBA tough. tonight. Luka Doncic went out to uh, close out. This is early in Brooklyn. Uh, and I think the announcer, after he fell down and collapsed, tripped over his own foot trying to close out on Joe Harris. The quick, you know, scrappy He's Joe only 19, Harris. though. He's only 19. <laughs> Give him. And uh, so that was a nice moment because Joe Harris is like everything. If you're Kyle Guy and you're Ty Jerome, you just look at Joe Harris and say, oh, <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait to be that guy. Man. Um, Good for the brand. All right, Kyle, who who is your guy of the week? Well, I didn't have one going into the game, mm. so I was really trying to get one coming from that game, and I tried to get it to be a couple other people. Um, Buddy Beheim, you know, I really appreciated the nepotism aspect coming out of the half. <laughs> uh, but it, as the it ne- turns out, the, the guy. <laughs> <laughs> but as it, cu- it turns out, the uh, the guy who worked harder um, got it, and Kyle's guy is going to be Kyle guy. He was incredible. Whoa! Yeah, it was the day. It's what's the day? March fourth. It's. We'll mark it down. Congratulations, Kyle guy. He's just, he's like a the nice beans. guy. He could date my sister, help my brother with his homework. He's, he's, well, he's engaged, engaged. He's got Kyle. ice in his vein. I know he's engaged. You trying to break up families? My mm. God, Kyle, come on. I'm just saying, he's got the look to him. We, we nice have, guy look. yeah, his fiance is a friend of the program, Kyle. He's got oh my God. Ice apologize. In his veins. Apologize, I'm not to his apologize. Fiance, I'm just saying, <laughs> I wouldn't be, are you going to take something nice and make it bad? Uh, Kyle, you have, you have chosen to cross the beams for the, I, I believe this is a first. This is a first. And, yeah. This is absolutely a first. And it was a shocker, too, because you had the whole Buddy Beheim nepotism angle was all the nepotism yeah. uh, was was all was all set up and ready to happen uh Dude, I, we gave you audrey dawkins maybe aubrey or audrey or aubrey dawkins whatever giant dawkins kid's name he had a big three in that houston game uh it's aubrey uh but yeah you had a chance to pull him out uh tremont waters we watched that lsu game he, he threw the alley off yeah the kyle like that. that was gonna be my yeah guy. that kyle was like waters one. throwing it yeah. off the in a close game still there's like 40 something seconds left and waters throwing Coming it off, off the, the steel i think too, it was right? maze yeah Caught, caught the, caught the. Dunk Will Wade out. yelled "score in time," yeah. and then Tremont Waters said, <laughs> "Yeah, wow, Kyle's guy is Kyle guy. That's uh, bound to happen. It was bound to happen. That was poetic. And it happened today. Mm. Uh, moving on, our Cal, Cal's guy update. Um, I, I, <laughs> I have this written down, Tate. I think Cal's guy this week, John Calipari's guy, is literally every single person in the world other than Tyler Hero. <laughs> I think." It, this is a the unanimous. This is like the the Time Magazine, whatever year that was, where everybody was Man of the Year, mm-hmm. according to Time. We, we are Man. Of yeah, the we year. are Man of the Year. Yeah. Is this is the 1987 the Maui Invitational when the entire Iowa Hawkeyes basketball team won tournament MVP? That is how I feel about Cal's guy this week. Every single person except Tyler Hero, who got motherfucked uh, by uh, we think, by John. We, we think. have no we have no idea what he said. Yeah, well, I could I read I read his lips. I slowed it down. I uh I I looked at the film. 
Um, so this is, first of all, this is the second game in a row that there's a, a Tyler Hero lip-reading controversy. Yes. Trying to figure out what the hell is being said. Of course you remember, uh, I'm a bucket from last yeah. week. He did confirm that he said, I'm a bucket. Yes. He confirmed that in a press conference. It was, I'm a bucket. Um, but in this game against Tennessee, uh, first of all, Kentucky loses by 19. Tennessee just dismantles them, uh, rips them apart limb by limb. Kind of solidifies Reed Travis's National Player of the Year candidacy, I would say. No Reed Travis to guard Grant Williams. Grant Williams goes nuts. Tennessee wins big. Ten points in the paint for Kentucky, yeah. which uh, was pretty abysmal. Um, but anyway, there, there, there's the, the the timeout. Cal I loses his mind on Tyler Hero, uh, who went two for 11 in this game. And what I could make out was that he said, don't you fucking blank. So I don't know what the blank was, but he kind of was yelling. He's like, don't you fucking I don't know. And Nick Richards is looking up. He's like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God that was not me. Uh, the camera guy did a pretty terrible job of, like, he cut it off right over, like, so you could just see the bottom of Cal's lips. So you right. couldn't really see what the last emphatic statement was. But after the game, they asked Cal about it. And Cal says, I told him nicely four or five times. And then I had to explode on him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and, then, and you guys, the media just happened to catch the one time I didn't say yep. it nice. Okay. But the four or five times before, I said, hey, Tyler. Play some f-ing defense. Yeah. And he's like, huh? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually he lost it. I get that feeling with, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to call Tyler Hero stupid. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, however, um, all my analysis of Tyler Hero, Tate, it, it does not surprise me that if John Calipari has a problem getting through to him. I know nothing about Tyler Hero, but this is like why at the start of the season, like, this is well documented on this podcast, that I, I was not a Tyler Hero fan. I've slowly come around because I've learned that he's sort of a robot. He does kind of have that aloof face where he he's a bucket. I've, I, I know nothing else. I know how to get buckets. Mm-hmm. I know nothing else. I don't know how to communicate. You're talking to me. You're yelling at me, coach. I don't know what you want from me. The Eli Manning. Yeah, there you go. Yes, <laughs> I'm absolutely. just trying to get buckets. That is the that is the vibe that Tyler Hero puts off to me. So uh, if you if you told me that this happened to one guy on the team, I would have guessed Nick Richards. If you would have told me a second, I would have guessed Tyler Hero. And if you would have told me a third, I would have guessed Brad Calipari. But at yeah. home, uh, because he was late for dinner. Uh, I will say, this reminds me a little bit of the Terrence Jones when he called him a selfish... I think he called him a selfish... Uh, Insert whatever, but he called him selfish something, and I feel like that's what he was saying to Hero. You know, you're being selfish. You're making it about yourself. Mm-hmm. And Terrence Jones also had the aloof face of like, I don't care. I'm just trying to get buckets. So I just think it's more of it's actually better for the team to know the guy that can take it. So maybe you know, right. it's like if Tyler Hero doesn't really care and is like, I just need to vent at somebody. It's probably best for optics that it's so Tyler are Hero. Are you saying are you saying that Cal tried to pull the move my high school coach did, where he would yell at me all the time, and then after practice he pulled me aside and be like, Listen, of course, yeah, I got to pick on somebody. Yeah. And I'm like, what? It, <laughs> it is what? literally it's the guy that every banquet that won the coaches award. Yeah, the, yeah coaches, exactly. the coaches award is basically like you took the most. Practice and I appreciate you being there because man, I would have mother a lot more people if it wasn't for you. So here's your award. Good job, Tyler. Yeah, you did it, Tyler. You actually had a good game in that regard. Um, so Tennessee blows out Kentucky. How long ago was it? One week, week and a half, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Kentucky blew out Tennessee and Rupp. Uh, are either of these teams a one seed? I don't think so. I don't think either one of these teams can get a one seed now. Having like the blowout loss like that on their, I think Kentucky. Yeah, it's null and void. It's they kind of yeah, they took it. They took themselves both to think, off like, the line. I look yeah. at Tennessee. I'm not getting more excited than I am for like the top three are certainly solidified in my mind. Consuming Gonzaga doesn't lose 
you know, Gonzaga ran the table in the WCC, didn't have a game within, I think, 13 points. And in the conference tournament, so they're probably they, gonna win. they start in the semifinals. <laughs> so they have to win two games. They should just start with Gonzaga wins. The I know, they, they should just have them, like, de facto in the title game, and everyone plays to play them. They don't, they don't tell the rest of the teams until it's hard. <laughs> they just fly in for the game. Yeah. Uh, so Gonzaga's almost certainly a one seed, uh, which I didn't, I, I'm sort of surprised just because I thought, like, how weak the WCC was. I thought, like, you know, one of these Big Ten teams is going to do it, one of these SEC teams. But they kind of cannibalize each other. And um, Same with the Big 12. I think yeah. Gonzaga's in. I think Virginia's in. I think Duke's in as one seeds. Are the Tar Heels going to do it, Tate? I mean, there's a chance that uh, there could be three ACC one seeds. Which, which has never happened. Jay Williams <laughs> told us ever in the history of college basketball. Uh, we're checking. Okay, uh, Arizona Missions, 2009. There were three one seeds. Uh, Big East. Uh, we let, we looked it up to make sure this is true. Louisville was a one seed. Uh, Pittsburgh was a one seed at the time. Uh, who was that? UConn was a one seed, and then of course the national champions, North Carolina, were the, was mm. the fourth one seed. So I think there's a chance, but I do think North Carolina is playing at Boston College tomorrow. That is always a tough team for North Carolina to play. Mm-hmm. Kai Bowman. People always talk about that. People always bring that Boston up. Boston College going up to Chestnut at, Hill. Yep. Yeah. It's point uh, shaving. It's, it's, it's a people tough forget one. Bruce Pearl was the uh, the mascot during the point shaving scandal at it's, Boston College. Just tough. add that to his list of. Yeah, I'm not sure how he was involved, but just like I like shooting on Bruce Pearl. So just, do you think, you think that, that Bruce Pearl like uses the phrase "clutch my pearls" in like a different way than most people? Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's disgusting. That was my one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm out on that. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be a tough game for Carolina. So they can kind of knock themselves out by losing at Boston College, and of course playing Duke on Saturday. We know Zion's in Phase Four, so he's gonna play in the Carolina game. Everyone wants to know. I'm, I'm, uh, people are asking me. What's that? Are we watching the game together? Because they want to know who to put their bets on. The Carolina-Duke game. Uh, is the Titus curse happening? I'm going to be at the game. You're going to the game? Yes. I will be in the building. You're, you're literally going to the game? Yes. I'm going is to Is this game. something you decided right now because you just realized you don't <laughs> no, 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 no. You're going to get as far away from me as possible? No, my mom, my mom really wants me to go to the game. <laughs> She's actually more terrified of the Titus curse than I am. She believes it. <laughs> oh my and God. she refuses to lose to Zion. So you are you're you're flying back to Chapel Hill. Is this serious? Yes, this is. You're this that is, scared of the title? Wow. Well, I'm not. I got power. I'm not. I'm Holy not. Shit, I'm dude. not. My mother is, and let me just tell you, to sweep Zion after the Zion sweepstakes, after putting Phil Ford out there to recruit the man, after thinking he was going to come to North Carolina, after promising him the number twelve jersey that he doesn't even wear at Duke now, that he doesn't even wear at Duke, he wears the number one jersey. Uh, uh, that would be great. Well, uh, back to back to the Kentucky uh, uh, Tennessee game. I just want to say rest in peace to uh, uh, R.I.P. P.J. Washington's <laughs> oh. SEC Player of the Year campaign. Mm-hmm. He had a good run. There, we, we were we were very close to a uh, uh, who was did, didn't one year like Jay Williams won National Player of the Year and Juan Dixon was ACC Player of the Year. Yes, we kind of almost had was that, that two thousand two, right? We could have had that. I mean, Zion ruins everything. But if Zion didn't exist, Grant Williams could have maybe been National Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. And then PJ Washington could have been SEC player there because like PJ Washington was actually playing better than Grant Williams, and it was like this weird thing we had. And then no, not anymore. So that 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 puts the end of that. Do you Grant think Williams that if that happened, then they would have had to have had a one seed from the SEC? Because then yeah, it would have been. I think so. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, all right, let's let's uh, wrap some stuff up by talking about some games we haven't hit yet. Whatever else we need to talk talk about. Um, what what comes to mind? What do we what do we do? Do we need to talk about Indiana sweeping Michigan State? Justin Smith, uh, uh, being so disrespected that his shoe busts out. We tweet: Should Justin Smith sit out the rest of the season? It's just a bevy of who is that? Never heard of her. Uh, just on and on and on in the, in our replies, and then Justin Smith takes that, internalizes it, <laughs> and turns it into a twenty four point game against the the Big Ten leaders. Although kind of. 
and now producing the producing the driver's seat. I was going to say, like, this is great for Indiana. They swept Michigan State, but now Purdue's going to win the Big Ten. So and they they won on senior sucks. night. It's been a great year for Mackey Arena. If you have been a Purdue basketball fan and you love those bathrooms. And Purdue won on senior night? Yeah, they did. No, they, I, don't, I don't think. It says here that Purdue hasn't played in a while. I didn't actually. <laughs> I didn't, who the, they didn't play. Did, oh, yeah, did they you, play this weekend? Well, you didn't watch that game, so it doesn't count. Did they play this yeah, weekend? No, just no, let it go. Just let it go. That didn't happen. Purdue uh, hasn't played in a while. No one was watching that. Uh, no. <laughs> they let that slide. <laughs> <laughs> in the words of St. Mary's coach Randy Bennett, they're a very good team. Very good. Uh, that's uh, you, know what's, you know what's frustrating about Purdue, though, is that Purdue fans know that their team's not that good. Uh, and and they're just as confused as the rest of America as to how they're going to win the Big Ten, especially at the start of the season when Michigan and Michigan State looked like they were, could have both be one seeds, potentially. Um, and Purdue is like, I'm not trying to put an asterisk next to it. I'm not saying they're not good. It's just like Carson Edwards <laughs> kind of fell off a cliff for a little bit there, and Purdue is like still winning games, and they're winning ugly. They're basically doing everything Indiana's not doing, where Indiana gets in these ugly games, and then Indiana inevitably loses. Purdue is winning them. Shout out to Purdue. Congratulations on winning these games. But it is hilarious because, like, if you ask Purdue fans, how do you feel about the tournament? They're like, ugh, I don't know. It's going to catch up to us at some point. But we're going to enjoy it for now. Yeah, but enjoy the fact gonna, that you just won the Big Ten, Ten and, yeah. you know, everyone's going to be not talking yet. about Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, that's true. Not it's, yet. It's not yet. Uh, They're going up to Minnesota. <laughs> uh, when do they play? They play Minnesota this week. That's going to be cool. It might be, I think it's tomorrow. I think it's Tuesday night they play at Minnesota. Um Here's a question for you. Has there ever been an instance where Purdue was in the Big Ten driver's seat and then played at Minnesota at the end of the year and then all of their hopes were dashed? Do you remember this? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Holmes going to be Yeah, on. I know. I was like, poor Robbie. I, I, I don't even want to bring it up. Robbie, but even though he did do a video to showcase know, how it happened. Say, yeah. So if you want to look that They're going to make him call the game and he's going to be out there. Be, <laughs> hey, Robbie, no, you know, this was the moment. <laughs> oh, I remember. Oh, God. That's tough. So, uh, Cassius Winston's my Big Ten Player of the Year, though. That's my only other thought on the uh, the Michigan State. He, he He's locked it up. Th- that dude's playing out of his mind. He he is not. Whatever problems Michigan State might have, they are certainly not Cassius Winston related. So, there you go. And he deserves to be Big Ten uh, Player of the Year. I mean, he's he's been the one that everyone, I think, from the outside uh, that doesn't know the Big Ten title race. They've, they've seen Cassius Winston highlights, whatever. Uh, I want to talk about slapping the floor. It was a big week for slapping the floor. The Georgetown oh, okay. game. We had a Seton Hall guy slaps the floor. Uh, doesn't work out well. I remember <laughs> one of my favorite slapping the floor moments actually happened with uh, my namesake, your former player, Jay Tate. Tate. That's one of my. Uh, th- that is that is a great one. And Where he he, 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 he popped his shoulder out. <laughs> but hold on. So the real story. I, I almost don't even want to say the real story because it's more fun to think that he popped his shoulder out. Like he slaps the floor. His shoulder gets popped out, and then he gets scored on immediately. <laughs> but the story, like, apparently he had he had popped his shoulder out, like, earlier in the game, and he just re-aggravated it by slapping the floor. But this, that's not as fun. But the, he slapped it twice. Yeah, that he was the best slap, part yeah. of that. He it definitely like, aggravated it. It was a, it was a double <laughs> slap that was so vicious that he popped his shoulder back out. <laughs> and the guy, by the, guy, the guy just literally just drives right by him and lays it in. Uh, so that happens this game. Georgetown guy gets him back, slaps the floor, lays it in. That was a, that was a great moment uh, in basketball. I love when things like that come back in your face. Uh, speaking of the bubble, this is now the time that everyone talks about bubble teams. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how much you care, but... Historically weak this year. Yeah, I mean... We'll see. We'll see who gets it. Here's a question. We'll and see. That's the that's the we'll angle to take. Uh, in all seriousness, the big debate this year seems to be: Do you take the good mid major or or the, the do you the take mid- Dayton? Yeah, over <laughs> over Indiana. Yes. Do you take the the mid major who's had a pretty pretty good year but doesn't have all the numbers in, in terms of strength of schedule and all that shit and Ken Palm 
Or do you take the Indiana who has lost four, lost fourteen in a row at one point or whatever it was? Uh, <laughs> that that becomes the big debate. And all these teams, and and it's great because it's like so easy for media people to just uh, curry favor with all the small schools and just like you you just stand up for the the you're the voice for the voiceless. Yeah, and you just get it. Like that's why I'm going to do this right now, and and that's why I'm going to go on record and say I think every mid major should should be get preferential treatment over all the power conference teams except Ohio State and Indiana, but the rest. Uh, they should get preferential treatment. It's it's bullshit, and it's wrong. It's wrong, Tate. It's wrong. These kids deserve their shot. It's wrong. Yeah, Romeo Langford deserves to play in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> you are totally right about that. Uh, yeah, I I think it'll be interesting. I just I feel like Lonardi and the bubble watchers of the mm-hmm. world. I feel like they've... Uh, They're living a different life than us. It's but, like, <laughs> but, it, but it's like, do they even watch the good teams? Like, or yeah, do they just watch the bubble teams? You that's know? what I'm Which saying. Is, uh, that's got to be stressful to be like watching Washington basketball and just, you know, pins and needles. Dude, watching Seton Hall. That's life as a Syracuse fan the last, like, five years. Yeah. <laughs> that's all they do. Is just like, <laughs> Seth Greenberg's coaching career. <laughs> like, is Providence better than us this year? Is Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, that, it's a different life. That's that, the, the idea that, like, that's all you watch and you don't actually get to watch. It's uh, life inside the bubble. You don't get a bubble the, boys. All the good teams play. Um, I, I want to give another Big Ten shout out. Michigan beats Maryland. They win the race of sixty nine. We kind of brought this up already. Uh, Hundred years of Maryland I just wanna, basketball. I just want to acknowledge that Xavier Simpson's hook shot has become a litmus test for how old you are. Like if <laughs> if you watch Xavier Simpson make these hook shots and you're losing your mind at how awesome it is, you're officially old. You're just an old person. That's that's how this works. And I say or that you as, never watched basketball before. I, You're like, whoa! <laughs> I say this as someone who kind of likes the hook shots. So that's how I call myself. I was like, I think I'm old. And then you start looking on Twitter and you start like seeing people on TV talking about it. And you're like, the average age of these people that like love the Xavier Simpson hook shot are 57, I want to say, somewhere in that range. So, if I am yeah. Mark Turgeon and I'm in the huddle and he had hit a couple of those back to back and my team comes over for a timeout, I say, Guys, if that's how they're going to beat us, that's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's all right. Like, uh, uh, the style points, are that's complete. It's like a guy, it's an underhand free throw. You know, if that's how you're going to beat me, right. that's on you. Like, yeah. you got to live with that. So, uh, that's what I would say about the hook shot, which means I hate it. This is, the, the Xavier Simpson hook shot is the Glenn Robinson Jr. going backdoor on the mm-hmm. baseline for a, a, a wide open dunk. Uh, where every time I'm watching Michigan basketball, I'm like, has, is, is anybody scouting these guys? <laughs> like, this is... That's the one move this guy got. He literally cannot score in any other way than the hook don't shot. Don't let him go right. That's don't, it. He don't can't shoot. Right. He's like a yeah. 21% three-point shooter. Uh, he he can't finish at the rim because he, he, he. that's all he can do is hit the hook shot, and he still hits it. And it's the same with the Glenn Robinson thing where, like, twice a game, Glenn Robinson Jr. got a backdoor dunk on the baseline just just because. It was to just get him like, involved it was like in the game usually, yeah. too. It was yeah. just mandated. He's got to have it. Uh, I also wanted to give a shout-out to Michigan, though, because their offense has been a disaster. We're, we're, we're worried about their offense. They really put Maryland away. I was impressed. Uh, they had these... Uh, I started the podcast shitting on John Diebler, so I'm going to continue it. it. It's what my dad calls the, the Diebler shots, where my dad brought it up to me during John Diebler's freshman year when he shot 29%, never forget, uh, from the three-point line. And my dad would point out that John Diebler would have these moments in these games where it, it, it's, it's like a shot you have to hit. It's like the momentum is swinging. Uh-oh, we just got another stop. Yeah, the one Here more we go. pass. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, Diebler's open. Oh, brick. And every time that would happen, Diebler would, you know, my dad was like... Promo code, yeah. not Diebler. Yeah, <laughs> promo code, not Diebler for 20% off. Uh, Michigan hit all their Diebler shots. Mm-hmm. All these shots, again, the Maryland game, where it was like, you, you, this is a big shot. This could put Maryland away. They would hit it, and then Maryland would kind of fight back, and then Michigan would be like, no, here's another one. They just kept hitting those threes. Brass Dacus and Livers... Uh, 
They were hot. So. And, it, and it gets back to the fact that every single time Maryland is in a position where it's like, oh, Maryland can capitalize on the Maryland basketball brand. Because Maryland is a good school for basketball. If you like basketball, you go to Maryland. You have a nice history. You got Gary Williams, all that sort of stuff to talk about. Steve Blake's in the building. They're honoring 100 years of Maryland basketball. Mm-hmm. This is, quote, unquote, their big shot to make a statement. National TV, everyone's watching. And again, it just doesn't quite work out, uh, unfortunately, for, for Mark Turgeon. Uh but I didn't put him my good guy of the week for a reason because I want to bring up what you brought up to me, which is now something that I really care about. We're just basically have turned this into the Big Ten Basketball Hour. Illinois basketball is a new mascot. <laughs> I saw this. What? I saw this. What is this? Can I thought it was a joke. You told me because I, I, uh, I don't know about this. I'll explain it. Um, so here, here's the story. Here's the here's. They've the been synopsis. mascotless and, and I, well, for yeah, quite a while. I, I apologize to Illinois fans because I can't. I'm not going to get this. 100% right, but, uh, you know, it is my duty as the Big Ten guy to... I, I certainly know more than, than Tate does. Uh, the Chief was their mascot. I, I forget his name. It was like Chief something or other. Um, they, they had the guy in the full... Alinawek. Alinawek, that's right. This was... He, he was always almost always a white kid. That <laughs> was a student at the school. <laughs> wearing the Native American... The big headdress. He would come out, do the dance. This was a huge deal to Illinois fans. Um, it, it was a big tradition. They had they had one of the most kick-ass logos in all of college sports, the circle that was like the chief face. Uh, it became a problem, as we know. Like, it, you know, it's it's 2019 yes, now. Yes, the this Wahoo. Was, yeah. This was a problem a while ago. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so they got rid of the, the – they're, they're, they kept the Illini name, obviously, but they are transitioned – they transitioned away from all Native American imagery at Illinois, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there has been a void though, because Illinois fans loved their mascot. They were obsessed with him. He would come out and do this dance. They they went nuts for it. It was the basketball version of the Seminole with football going out to the yes. field and spiking, spiking it. It yes. was a, it was a huge deal. They loved their mascot, and now they don't have a mascot to love. So the University of Illinois said, "Our athletic programs have been shit for God knows how many years now. We we are are teetering on the brink of irrelevance." Uh, we need something to energize our fan base and get everyone back. What about an otter? <laughs> <laughs> and they called him, and this is not a joke, folks, the Alma Otter. Alma Otter. This has to be a joke. Is it a joke? It's got to be a joke. It's not a joke. It might be worse than the baby with the New Orleans, the New Orleans uh, New Year's baby that they had down there when they, yeah. when they had the Pelicans mascot. This Gritty, thing, the, uh, the Flyers uh, yes. mascot, that guy, yeah. What, how many otters are in the state of Illinois? And is it just a play on words? Is that the only reason the otter came? And and let me just say, doing the mascot school, I mean, having to go through all the mascots of who you would get, I'm sure that was a tough process. So I'm not saying anything about that. But if you do have an otter, I think the otter has to do the dance. <laughs> have the otter come out and do the, uh, the chief <laughs> line away dance? Oh, my God. I mean, I think that's the only way. It's just replaced. Like it's just the imagery. The imagery was the problem. You know what I mean. <laughs> so it's just a. It's just an otter dancing. They just get their foot in the door, and then like one game a year, the otter wears a headdress, <laughs> and then it just like slowly, and then suddenly you look up, and in six years, the otter yeah, is it's not a white guy. It's, it's an otter. He's not even like jacked or anything. <laughs> no, he's the nicest mascot you've ever seen. <laughs> the otter he looks like lifted? one of the little like evil characters, like uh, the South Five Park. Five Nights at yeah, Freddy's or yeah, some yeah. shit like oh, that. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god! Um, a couple other things before we go. We got to do a Pac-12 update. We we uh, we always we always like to to wrap up with the Pac-12 update. Um, Cal beat Washington. We already mentioned it, but we're just worth reiterating. Mm-hmm. Cal got their first win of the year. I feel like this is the the perfect cherry on the shit Sunday that is Pac-12 basketball. <laughs> that Pac-12 
had one good team. It was Washington, the one good team you have. They were ranked 25th. They finally cracked. They were the first Pac-12 team to be ranked in the top 25 since 1998. Um, this was a big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. That was a joke. Uh, big deal that, that Washington was good. Uh, maybe they can be our shining beacon of hope. They bought you Whatever. off the Starbucks card. Yes. yes. They were all Everything good was thing. transitioning Everything was, Washington. Yes. Everything's yes. turning up Washington. Mm-hmm. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have what at the time people were calling one of the worst Power Five teams. They still might be. In history. In the history of college basketball. Mm-hmm. They meet to play each other. And the, the the worst Power Five team in the history of college basketball wins. They beat and the zone. It's perfect. It's perfect. So there's just there's literally nothing good about Pac-12 now. It's all bad. Flush it all down. What's a worse loss there? Give the it, UMBC beating Virginia or California beating you? I mean, that's pretty tough. That's give. Uh, you know what I say? I say give the Pac-12's automatic bid to some of these mid-majors. To Dayton. Give them to Dayton. Give them to Lipscomb mm. and and Murray State. Give them to those guys. Furman. And Furman. Mm. Military school. <laughs> Great school. Uh, speaking of the small guys, Wofford finished 18-0 in the SoCon. Still got to win the tournament. Yeah. First team to do it since uh, I think I think Steph's team, right? Yeah, yeah, Davidson. So Joe Lenardi does have them playing Ohio State in the first <laughs> round, the seven ten game. Yikes! I want no part of that. Keep me out of that. Um, that's it. That's all, that's all I got. You got anything else? Uh, I think that's all I got. I'm going through. What, uh, all what, my let, notes. Let's look up the. Uh, we we got to do a live update of the uh, Kansas State and the Texas Tech scores. Let's see what's going on there. Texas Tech is up nine at halftime. Kansas State is up. 13 and it's early in the second half. So is this the year the streak ends, Tate? No. <laughs> still no. Still no. Still no. We still believe until we see it. Um, before we go, I, I mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago. We uh we are going to be in Minneapolis for the three-on-three tournament. We are going to be dropping bags full of cash, uh, maybe from like the fourth level of the Mall of America. It's the most absurd thing. We were in Minneapolis. We talked about it already. We we kind of shot some promo stuff. Uh, it's kind of trickling out on Twitter. Um, but we we saw what the setup is going to be, and it's absurd. It's it's so so dumb in all the best ways. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very very excited for it, and we know what it is now. Last year we went into it very blindly. I mean, literally no idea what it was going to be. Now we we yeah. have we have it all set up. It's we pretty know simple too. Yeah, like it's it. pretty simple. Yeah. It's, it, it's it, it's in an atrium of a mall with a roller coaster behind. It's 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 the American dream personified. We are so excited for this. But I mentioned after the the NBA dunk contest that you and I should finagle our way to the college dunk contest. Someone I don't. I'm not going to name names. I'm a good journalist. I'm not going to out my sources. But the, this production company we work with, or, or that that puts on the three on three thing, um, is also putting on the dunk contest, the college dunk contest. So I mentioned on the podcast that we should do some back channeling and figure out a way to become judges for the dunk contest. Tate, somebody within Intersport told me that the way to go about this is basically, like, they to think beg. If, if we beg enough, mm-hmm. there might be a chance. I'll just put it that way. Like, I'll say that, that our name has come up in, in conversations. Usually not a good thing to hear for us. I know. Uh, but we'll take it this time. Uh, that sounds great. She I said, know. I think that we will set the standard of we don't give you a guaranteed six or seven from the jump. We start at zero. When I say that our name came up in conversations, he or she, my source, said that they brought her name up and then they were laughed out of the room. But Kyle was standing there what in the I'm boom box is, with the we, we need a campaign. Like we got we 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 I really think we could do this if we campaign for the for the dunk contest thing. Because I, I really want to be a judge at the dunk contest and I want to give out like twos and threes for some of these dunks. Yes. 
We, we will we, be ruthless. We got to bring back some. I integrity. want George Gervin to get mad at us yeah. that we are that we are hurting all of the rest of the, the egos of these players. So I, I have we have we have a mole within the organization, and mm-hmm. we are going to work that angle. And we're going to do everything we can. We maybe, have our Matt. Damon. Maybe sprinkle. Well, I mean, the reason I'm bringing it up is because we might need the fringe of the program to to sprinkle a little public pressure. You know what I mean? Like we're gonna we're gonna do what we can, but like you know, just having the public being like, I'm boycotted unless these guys are, you know. I'll keep checking. That goes email. a long way. I'll see. Yeah. They, I'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's the show. We'll be back. Uh, when are we back? Friday. Yeah, right, Friday. We'll, we'll record Thursday night. Uh, we'll be back Friday. As a reminder, go get the uh, the fringe of the program shirts on homage homage uh, They will have them. Just just use the Google machine. You know how to use it. Promo code not Diebler. That's our little secret. Don't don't share it with anybody that doesn't actually listen to the pod. Twenty percent off. Again, proceeds are going to the the foundation. We're starting the scholarship. It's going to be awesome. It's it, it, it's it's great. This is March Tate. It's all happening. See you guys on Friday. All right, before we go, one more word from Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book awesome hotels at amazing rates. They're like a matchmaker between top-rated hotels and unsold rooms and people who want to book those rooms. And Hotel Tonight isn't just for last-minute bookings. You can book for tonight, tomorrow, and beyond. It's perfect for planners, procrastinators, and everyone in between. Find sweet deals at cool hotels you'll actually want to stay at. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now.